Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What is up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Wednesday, June the 6th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, day one of mandatory minicamp is in the books, and we have a lot to chew on. Adam Gaze had an 18-minute sit-down with Joe Rose on his radio show. We'll cover that interview, tell you who won the first day of practice, and get you caught up on all the press conferences that happened on Tuesday. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can give me a follow on Twitter, the best follow on Dolphins Twitter, at Wingfield NFL, and follow the show at Lockdown Fins. And check out LockdownDolphins.com. We had live updates on the mini camps on Tuesday going as they were coming out via the beat writer. So check that out, LockdownDolphins.com, as well as the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat podcast and the Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and kick things off. That's another Miami Dolphins. So I wanted to start this podcast with the very, very early morning interview Adam Gaze did on Joe Rose's 560 AM radio show. And they asked Coach a comprehensive list of questions stemming from OTA starting today as well as Finn's weekend this past weekend. And now Gaze is a guy that's going to be coy in most respects, but he'll also shoot you straight on a topic that he's passionate about. And for instance, the first one that really stuck out to me was the wide receiver group and regarding Albert Wilson specifically, but I think it kind of stems from Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, Kenny Stills as well. So he said that he loves this wide receiver group because they're just so full go all the time. Albert Wilson takes everything very, very seriously, whether it's in the meeting room, whether it's on the practice field, he takes his job very seriously. He's not there to have fun and play around. He's there to get his job done. So Gaze was extremely complimentary towards Albert Wilson as well as the rest of the wide receivers. But as far as Devontae Parker goes, and they brought it up, they segued it nice and said the big topic of the weekend was Devontae Parker. And Adam Gaze played dumb. He said, I didn't hear anything about it. I don't know what's going on. All we know is that Devontae Parker has to keep his head down, work hard, yada, yada, yada. He gave you the very generic PC type of response you'd expect from a coach and just talked about how Parker has to come in day in and day out, that whole spiel. So didn't really give us an answer on that. They asked him about the offensive line and Josh Sitton, and he mentioned that Sitton brings this old school swagger to the team they didn't have last year where he will kind of roam the halls and keep an eye on things and just be one of those types of hall monitor types of players that inadvertently keeps guys in line and just keeps them in check and has them doing things the right way. Then they shifted gears again. And this interview was a lot of back and forth. It was more about friends talking, kind of like some of the podcasts I've done on here before than it was an actual information gathering type of thing. Although it did give us a lot of information. So the next thing they jumped to was talking about Ryan Tannehill and where he thinks he is with Tannehill. And they were speaking about how this time last year, they were full go. They were all excited about Tannehill. And then obviously the injury happened and they wanted to know if they were back in that same place a year later. And Adam Gaze talked about how Tannehill was able to practice all last spring and summer. 
So he did miss out on those reps in practice. He just didn't get to put them forth on the game days on Sunday. So he thinks that Tannehill's picking up right where he left off. He feels very good about his quarterback. The exact same message we have heard all offseason long. Continued on talking about more guys that are grinders and how this group is full of grinders and guys that just do things the right way. We've, We've heard that message all along. He thinks they're all tough and they will just put their head down and keep going regardless of what happens. And that to me sounded like a shot across the bow to some of the guys that are no longer with this football team. You know who they are, Jay Ajayi, maybe even Jarvis Landry or Indomitian Sue, because as we heard, Jeff Darlington came on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and talked about how some of the guys on this roster or some of the guys in the NFL that are established and have earned reputations in the league, they won't necessarily rally around adversity. And he talked about that in regards to the Rams locker room with Marcus Peters and Akib Talib and now Indomitian Sue. If things don't go right early on for them, he thinks that things could just continue on that path because that's not a locker room that's going to rally around that adversity and they might just kind of rest on their laurels and accept the fact that they're a mediocre football team. And he said that could have been the case last year with Indomitian Sue. So to me, that was a shot from Adam Gaze to some of his former players saying they, they didn't do things the right way when things went wrong. And you'd be very hard-pressed to find a team that faced more adversity than the 2017 Miami Dolphins, what with the Hurricane, with Ryan Tannehill, obviously, Lawrence Timmons, Chris Forrester. You guys know everything that went on, and the Dolphins just didn't respond to it in the right way. Moved on to the Danny Amendola-Bobby McCain rivalry that is quickly brewing, and he said he's not going to throw gas in that fire. He says those guys bring the energy and juice to every single practice, every single play, and they compete and bring an energy that's infectious to the rest of the football team, and that their competition makes them both better every single rep they take together, and he really likes watching them get after it because it sets a tone in practice and obviously improves two very, very important positions on the football field, both the slot receiver and the slot cornerback as we get into 2018, a very important position on an NFL football field. Talked about some of the veterans, Frank Gore, and how he will have an impact, not just as a mentor, because everyone talks about how Frank Gore is here to get this running back room going in the right direction, how to teach Kenyon Drake how to be a pro, how to get Kalen Balazs acclimated, but he said that he jumps in and plays like Frank Gore every single rep in practice, and he's always known Frank Gore to be like that. It's kind of a throwback for him because it brings him back to 10 years ago, the last time he was around Frank Gore, but every time he gets into a rep and practice, whether it's individual, team, whatever it might be, you can just see that Frank Gore loves ball, and he's here to play. He's not here to just to be a mentor. He wants to play and mentor, so his swan song should be full of carries and reps and touches and everything that he wants to get from his last year in the NFL, if this is his last year. He wouldn't comment on any offensive plan or defense playing three safeties. He just kind of sighed when they asked him the question about getting Rashad, TJ, as well as Minka onto the field at the same time. He basically just said, ask me week one, and I'll give you an answer then. He wouldn't talk about the offense scheme. He said, what do you want me to do? Put the entire game plan up on Instagram for you guys to look at. So he was having some fun joking with the guys. And the last thing that I wrote down on here talking about the rookies was Mike Gusecki. And he made one comment saying that his stride covers a lot of ground. Once he gets into the green grass, he can really open up and just punish guys that aren't able to match up with him physically. And that was kind of cool to hear because I think you're going to see the exact same routes and exact same things he did at Penn State that Julius Thomas did in the Denver Broncos offense back in 2013, 2014. And you're going to see Mike Gusecki do that in 2018 and beyond. But he talked about how they have a good plan for how to develop him because tight ends, it's a really tough position to develop. If you guys recall, OJ Howard was the most polished tight end anyone could think of coming out last year. 
rumored as a top 10 pick at times even, and how they have to be involved in all three phases of the game, whether it's the passing game, the running game, and pass protection. So that learning curve is really, really big. They have lots of calls they have to get to and lots on their plate they have to get to. So these two rookies, Gasecki and Durham Smythe, they want to get them a ton of reps. And he said they're both going to be involved in the running and passing game. So not just one here, one there. He wants them both to be complete players. And that was about all the takeaways you can get from there. There were some good jokes back and forth between Rose and Adam Gaze talking about how Rose was a jackass at Finn's weekend, all in good fun. Check that interview out. It's up on 560.com, I believe it is. I just Googled it. Just type in Google Joe Rose, Adam Gaze. You'll find it there easily. But we have more to get to here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, including a Ryan Tannehill and Minka Fitzpatrick press conferences and the actual practice itself. Next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Finns. Phase two here of the podcast, segment number two, moving on, talking about practice on Tuesday as I record this episode for you guys on Wednesday, June the 6th, Locked on Dolphins podcast, Travis Wingfield with you guys here. And before I get into the updates, let's talk about Minka Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill's press availability real quick, going first with the rookie Minka Fitzpatrick and talking about how he keeps track of his numbers from practice, just seems like the kind of guy that always knows what's going on and what he's doing to contribute. Says that he so far has two interceptions as well as two pass breakups this spring in the team portions of practice, and he expects a lot more to come. He said that he also worked in the slot at free safety as well as strong safety. He's cross-training on all these positions, and to me that means he's getting ready to just to find out what is required of all these players in this defense so he can make the defensive calls because he makes the calls. Rashad Jones can freelance and roam a little bit more, and this defense gets much, much better for it. He also mentioned a comment that everyone just loves, and it was that getting drafted wasn't the end goal. It was just the next step in becoming a great football player. And to me, it sounds like he's gonna. it's going to happen because this guy is just so gifted. He's so smart and responsible. I just cannot say enough nice words about the Dolphins' first-round draft pick this year. And then going on to Ryan Tannehill's press conference, He's a pretty boring guy to talk to as those pressers. I don't know how many times he says each and every day and day in and day out. Just the most PC answers he can give you. The first one coming back, back I think it was what, two weeks ago now, he was a little bit different in that in that regard talking about this team. But he gets back to himself and being just very PC and very to the point and very cliche. But he did, however, make one point that I wanted to emphasize in regards to the running game. And he mentioned that it's still in his arsenal and it's something they will definitely account for when things go a certain way. Like if a play breaks down, for instance, and he has to make the defense pay with his legs, if they drop into coverage and they want to do things that way and he has to take off and run and beat them, he can do it. Or if it's a design play. And they talked to Adam Gaze about it as well in that interview. And he said that, you know, one of the things that's nice about the zone read with Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback has the available or the option to get down after his four to six yards and we can move on to the next play. So you hope that's the case with Ryan Tannehill. I know I've seen a few read option plays where he did not get the yardage. He was met behind the line of scrimmage and took a big blow. So you hope that's not the case going forward. But I definitely think you should keep that in the in the game plan because they asked Gaze if he was scared about that. He even made a joke saying, well, what am I supposed to do? Not have him drop back because that can get injured too. So they're going to approach this thing as if he's healthy. It sounds like he is healthy. He wasn't wearing a brace out there again today. And these two players, Ryan Tannehill and Minka Fitzpatrick, for me, are going to be the long-term stalwarts on this football team on either side of the football. I think we're in for five, six, seven, eight years out of both of them on this team, hopefully. But day one of practice went to the rookie side as the defense took it down, according to the beat writers. I just wanted to read you guys some updates from the practice 
and give you guys an idea of what exactly happened. And the first note that I have was that Laramie Tunzel false started on the first play, which just kind of got my forehead into my palm. As you guys know, I don't put a ton of stock into this stuff. Even the preseason can be a total farce at times. So I don't necessarily think that anything you're going to hear today is going to have a long-term effect on this team, but Laramie Tunzel false starting after coming off of a season where he had 12 pre-snap penalties. It's just like, oh my God, dude, we can't have that again. We just can't have that because that's really what's holding him back from being a good player. Last year, he was an above average, but an average player. Now, if he can get rid of the penalties, he'll be a good player. And if he can get some things cleaned up in his game, he can become a very, very good player. So you hope he makes that step. Kalen Balaj sounds like he's having a nice camp, catching the ball out of the backfield. Had a really big play today, I think, from David Fales in the passing game. Cannot wait to see what he does, replacing Damian Williams. And the Dolphins were efficient in the red zone. Sounds like Ryan Tannehill found Danny Amendola in the red zone for a touchdown. And it also sounds like the pass rush is off to a very good start. And particularly Robert Quinn, who Ryan Tannehill mentioned, has a very good burst off that edge. So if you have a good burst with Quinn, and then you guys know what Cam Wake can do on the other side, that could put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks hitting that fifth step drop as they get back there on some third and long plays. Hopefully fixing this third and long defense that has been so atrocious for a couple of years now. Jason Sanders, the rookie field goal kicker, went 7 for 7 in the kicks that mattered, and including a 56-yarder. So that's great to hear as the Dolphins need to have their kicking game on point this year as we anticipate having some close games this upcoming season and then Tony Lippett he was out there practicing on Tuesday working back towards getting to 100% he had a press conference not a lot there to talk about but he did say that Brent Grimes he seeked out Brent Grimes and Cam Wake in regards to coming back from an Achilles injury so cool to see that he's taking proactive steps to hopefully prolong his career after a brutal injury for him in 2017 Leonte Carew and Jordan Lucas were the two that are not present at practice and that just does not bode well. Those are both roster bubble guys that are going to have to show up in camp. And if we, we know that they're expecting them both back by training camp, but just not good for those guys on the bubble. They are both gone. In attendance was Stephen Ross, the owner of the team, obviously. And then Butch Davis and Ken Dorsey, former Hurricanes coach and quarterback, were at practice as well. So it sounds like a pretty good day overall. Nobody got hurt, so that's the best news we can have. Knock on wood on that one. We have one last segment here, including David Fales as a potential starter. We'll discuss that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. And why wouldn't we wrap up this podcast with a little bit of beef, a little bit of sauce? I've been, I guess, going back and forth, not really back and forth with the beat writer for the Miami Dolphins, but expressing my displeasure with a particular writer. And you guys know that I'm not a fan of Omar Kelly. He called this podcast a, a nice little project and someone that I have 10 people listen to it. So I really wanted to extend my gratitude to the 40,000 downloads we had last month alone and just really say how grateful I am for all of you guys listening to the show. But he wrote an endorsement about David Fells and I want to say it's his worst take of the offseason, but it's not because he said that Brock Osweiler was better than all the rookie quarterbacks in this last draft class a couple months ago. So very difficult to top that. But then you have Antoine Staley, USA Today, on the podcast on Monday. Check that out if you guys have not yet. He gave us a lot of great nuggets in that podcast talking about what this team has done this offseason as well as through OTA so far. But he wrote an article talking about how he came away impressed with David Fales. And I trust Antoine a lot more than I trust Omar. But as much as I love Antoine, his indecisiveness regarding Ryan Tannehill after all the stuff that I've seen on tape, and you know we're not going to get into that, but it just gives me a little bit of pause with his report especially when he has Omar Kelly backing that. So I just, I don't buy it yet. We had Kevin Dern talking to me about 
how he went through David Fells' Week 17 game, and he was impressed. He's a bit of a gamer, and we knew that about him, but it's just these takes about possibly David Fells being a potential long-term starter is just a horrendous take at this point in camp. Maybe he hasn't yet learned from the Legadunane or Corey Sheets fiascos or asking what a three technique is, playing three gaps along the defensive line. But the good news is that if he is playing well and fails, asserts himself as a quality backup quarterback, that would be a huge boon. But I would take a very, very serious step back from the claim that Omar made that David Fails reminds him of Chad Pennington. Just a little bit too far for me on that one. So we are covering the OTAs on LockedOnDolphins.com. I'm putting all the tweets out there that matter. I am talking about bullet points that matter regarding the practice. We'll have more of that on today for you guys on Wednesday up on LockedOnDolphins.com. The Ryan Tannehill charting project presses on. Week 10 from the San Diego Chargers is up. Week 11 from the Los Angeles Rams should be up when you guys hear this podcast. Tannehill's exceptional comeback mainly going to Devontae Parker in that game. So you guys know that we're going to have more for you on the charting project to have that and thank done in its entirety. Probably by the middle of next week, it'll all be done. And we'll move on to a new project talking about the opponents the Dolphins will face in 2017. You guys can check out LockedOnDolphins.com today for the June 5th updates or and June 6th updates from both of those practices. And we'll have that going all throughout training camp in July and August when it gets here. But as for today, that will do it for today's podcast. You guys be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fans. And follow our flagship show at Locked On NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one rated blog, the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.